Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? What a day. What a day for the Raiders organization. What a day for Las Vegas. What a day for Devontae Adams. What a day for this Raiders offense. What a day for Raider Nation Radio. You guys just heard uh, from the man himself, Devontae Adams, what a great interview with Q Myers uh, on un- Unnecessary Roughness. I uh, went a little overtime uh, today uh, on Unnecessary Roughness. Things got a little bit delayed here. And if everyone wants to really know what happened, uh, Devontae Adams signed his contract. I'm sure there were the physical probably comes into play. Uh, but at the end of the day, as he was headed to the uh, media room to do the interview, this is why it was late, by the way, he had to change. He had to change into that nice suit that you saw him uh, wearing uh, when he came out and finally talked to us about 40 minutes late, but it was well worth the wait, I'm sure, for Raider Nation uh, and and certainly for Devontae Adams when we were talking about well worth the wait. This has been years in the making uh, in a lot of ways. You know, I asked Devontae Adams about having control of your career. Uh, you know, as professional athletes, that always isn't, that isn't always the case. In fact, For the most part, it's not the case. Think about it. You get drafted by a certain team, whether it's the NBA or Major League Baseball um, or obviously in the NFL. You know, the guys that sign as undrafted free agents, uh, they get a chance at least initially to pick where they want to go to if there's, uh, you know, suitable offers from various teams. But think about when you get drafted. You get drafted by a team who has your rights for X amount of years. Then they have the franchise tag and you know, there's, there's just, it's, it's better suited for the team that you got drafted with and came in with to kind of have control of your future. We're seeing it more and more in professional sports. Uh, the NBA comes to, comes to mind. Think about, you know, uh, LeBron James working his way to Miami, Kevin Durant forcing his way uh, over to, um, you know, to, to Golden State when they become free agents. And, there's, there's Anthony Davis, pretty much, you know, this is the guy that was under contract with the uh, New Orleans um, uh, the, the Pelicans and said, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. He had the power. They traded for him. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case in Devontae Adams' situation. A lot of dominoes had to fall just right for this to happen. But when a door opened, a slight door opened, where he was allowed to kind of look beyond Green Bay. And there's no doubt he had a great situation with the Packers. He's got, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, arguably the best quarterback in the game, alongside him, played with him his entire career. But when he got a chance, and some of this may have been how Green Bay handled his contract situation, especially last year, you know, kind of making him play on the last year of his contract uh, without a parachute, could have gotten hurt, that could have damaged you know, his future. Um, But anyway, a a door opened. And when that door opened, he and Derek Carr, his good friend from Fresno State, you know, started talking and having conversations. These are guys that have been friends since college. They work out together in the offseason. Well, not the last two offseasons. One, there was a pandemic two years ago. And then this year, you know, with with Derek obviously living in Las Vegas and Devante, I think still lives up in the Bay Area during the offseason. They couldn't, you know, work out these last two years. But as friends do sometimes, especially, uh, you know, college friends, hey, man, wouldn't it be cool to get together um, and play on the same team with one another? And 
you know, we should try to make that happen. And we try to figure out a way. Now, Green Bay always had ultimate control, especially for these next two years. They had the franchise tag available to them this year, which they signed or not that they signed him, but they applied the franchise tag. The key was he never did uh, sign that franchise tag, but they had control over the situation. But enough control, just a little bit of control, went to Devontae Adams to basically say, look, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. Okay, well, we'll how about, you know, we'll, we'll award you with a great contract, you know, to become one of the highest paid <laughs> wide receivers in the game. But by that point, I think Devontae Adams had kind of gotten to a point where, man, I've been looking, this door has been open, this window has been open, I've been able to look to a future in Las Vegas with the Raiders, the team that I grew up rooting for, with Derek Carr, the quarterback that, um, you know, uh, basically, when you think about both of those guys at Fresno State, I mean, Devontae Adams was a two-star recruit out of Palo Alto. He was on nobody's radar. He had two, like you said today, he had two offers, San Diego State and Fresno State. He goes to Fresno State where a guy by the name of Derek Carr um, was in his junior year and was the starting quarterback. And they kind of fed off of each other. And, you know, Derek Carr tells the story all the time when he was a junior or that second year for for uh, for Derek Carr, when Devontae Adams was a redshirt freshman, you know, even as a redshirt freshman, you're out there practicing, you're out there doing the drills, you're out there being part of it. That's kind of the whole point. You're trying to, you're on a development, um, you know, track. And so Derek, I remember telling him telling us the story last year where, you know, I'm the starting quarterback. There's no chance that a redshirt freshman um, who's basically on the scout t- team is going to get any time in the game short of every other wide receiver getting hurt at that point. So this is guy, you know, Devontae Adams like ninth, 10th on the, on the depth chart at that point. But Derek Carr saw enough of him, this redshirt freshman who came out of nowhere from Palo Alto, that Derek Carr was made it a point to have Devontae add him, Adams in his throw uh, group all the time even though they weren't going to play on saturday together because Devonte adams was redshirting that year Derek carr kind of intuitively saw something in Devonte adams and said i want to pair up with this guy i want to make sure that i'm throwing to this guy maybe he saw what was coming uh, in the future like and when i say the future it was literally the next year where Devonte adams explodes onto the scene Derek carr uh, is now an established college quarterback and they did some spectacular spectacular things uh, those last two years together at Fresno State, 2013 and 2014. I didn't even realize Derek Hart threw 50 touchdown passes his last year at Fresno State. 24 of them went to Devontae Adams. 24 touchdown passes to one guy in one season. That's like crazy numbers. But they kind of made each other at Fresno State. You know, it's not it's not a USC. It's not an Alabama um, and, and neither one of them were like massively high recruits or big time recruits. They're at Fresno State for a reason. And yet, you know, they, they saw stardom and, and greatness in, in each other. And they bonded almost from the get go. And, you know, you go different ways and your career goes different ways. And um, but in the back of their mind and texting back and forth and talking back and forth, why wouldn't it be great? Uh, to get together and play on the same team uh, with one another. And that door cracked open just a little bit this year or last year and then continued to crack open during the offseason when Aaron Rodgers was going through his situation and the Packers kind of slow rolled it maybe on on a, on a new contract, a big contract extension. 
uh, for, for Devontae Adams. By the time they came back to him with that, it was a little bit too late. And he sort of forced their hand. And he had control of the moment. It doesn't always happen in professional sports where you can control the moment. And ultimately, what Devontae Adams decided was, you know what? I want to be with the Raiders, the team that I grew up rooting for. He said it today. All of his family members had Raider jerseys. He had Raider jerseys from pretty much everybody uh, that that you can think of. You know, he had a jersey of them and wore them and idolized them. Um, he he just decided this is where I want to be. That's who I want to play with is Derek Carr. That's the team I want to play with. Uh, I want to get out to the West Coast, make it easier for his family to come see him play his father. Uh, is a driver more than a flyer? It sounds like so. Uh, now he's he's a he's a nice car drive uh, away from seeing Devonte every single home game um, here in Las Vegas. Uh, all of his friends from California get a chance now to to more easily come see him play, and he's at a right place in his career where this was the right move for him. And it's it's for me. And when you understand kind of the rules of the game. Uh, and sometimes you wonder how fair they really are um, in a lot of ways, like how much control teams have of their draft, uh, you know, draftable players, especially like in baseball, where you have to be there for a certain amount of time. And by the time that time is over, you're 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 almost on the second part of your career. And, um, you know, so some of your best years, you're playing for contracts that aren't really indicative of how good you are but the other point is you don't have any freedom to go take your talents on the open market to be able to let the market decide how much you're truly worth so there's some give and take to it and i'm not nobody's you know come uh just feeling sorry for any of these guys everybody makes way more money than the average person we all get that we all understand that but at some point everybody wants the freedom to be able to decide their future and that was given to Devontae Adams, or at least a little bit, uh, you know, uh, through these last few months. And he ultimately looked at the Raiders and said, that's where I want to be. Um, and pretty much in the process forced the Raiders' hand. But it was great hearing from him today. And by the way, a great interview uh, with Q Myers uh, that proceeded uh, in the huddle, uh, brought to you by Tequila and Bahador on Raider Nation Radio. Um, you know, it was just to hear him um, articulate how much he cares about this organization, how much he grew up, you know, idolizing the players that wore the silver and black and wanted to be part of that organization. Um, it, it was interesting hearing him talk about not getting drafted in the first round. You know, if you look at his numbers at Fresno State that last year that he played there, they were just like unbelievable. I don't care what level of play you're playing at. And Fresno State, you know, like, again, it's not Alabama, it's not USC. We all understand that, but it's, it's, it's good football. It's very good football. There's been great players that have come out of Fresno State and in that conference in general um, that you can't just look at those numbers and say, well, it's just a product of the level of play because there's been some great players who have played in that in that conference and on that team that didn't do what he did. Um, and so he thought he was going to be a first round pick to the point where um, you know, he had his whole family at a little draft party that they were having uh, at his house. There was a TV crew there to capture the moment. Um, and then the first few picks go by and then middle of the first round, later in the first round, lo and behold, he doesn't get picked uh, in the first round. So it was, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you think about it, the, the, in the NFL, that first round is just the first day. 
Thursday. Uh, they don't go to the second and third round until the very next day. So um, everybody's disappointed. He's disappointed. He called it one of the worst days of his life. Uh, um, almost kind of an embarrassing type of a situation because, you know, you don't want to let anybody down and everybody has all these high hopes and you feel like you're kind of letting them down a little bit. I was at a similar situation with Gilbert Arenas um, coming out of uh, Arizona and he was supposed to be a first round pick. In fact, like three or four teams had promised him that he was going to get his first round, that he was going to be a first round pick by them. And he wasn't drafted until the second round by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and it was just a devastating day for him. So, Devontae Adams went through that same exact thing um, and then, you know, had to come back the next day and he was finally picked by the Green Bay Packers. Great situation to go in. Uh, but all the way through, he kind of kept looking at what was possible for him with the Raiders and with his good friend Derek Carr. And it kind of came to fruition. We're going to walk you guys through sort of how it did uh, come into play and some other Raider news today. They keep improving that wide receiver room, kind of like the running back room where they've got all their bases covered, um, you know, at running back. They're starting to do the same thing at wide receiver. They've got every type of body type, speed, uh, possession wide receivers, slot wide receivers, outside guys, inside guys. It's going to be a, a pretty deep group highlighted, of course, by a guy by the name of DeFonte Adams. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. We're back in the huddle. You just heard uh, Devontae Adams talking about, and I really liked this from just hearing somebody of that stature. And when we're talking about Devontae Adams, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, period. Uh, we talked yesterday about watching video of him uh, all throughout the weekend this past weekend and just seeing how good this guy really is coming off the line of scrimmage, pristine route running to create separation, great hands, great speed, has the ability to get to the end zone, can run with the ball when he gets it. He's the whole package without question. And it starts with how he's able to um, get off the line of scrimmage, just beat people from the get-go. And then, you know, obviously just be one of the great wide receivers of the game. But to hear him talking about, hey, man, don't feel obligated to have to get me the ball all the time. You know, uh, it'll it'll all work itself out. The numbers are going to come. And I don't know, I get the sense that he's going to be true to his word in that regard. Now, look, in the heat of the battle, everybody wants the ball. Everybody feels that they're open. Remember, we talked to Rodney Pete yesterday. Uh, you're going to have that conversation. There's some wide receivers that you have to get activated early or you're, um, you know, run into the issue of maybe losing him for the rest of the game. So you have to know how everybody, uh, you know, is wired, what makes them tick, uh, what their needs are. Maybe a guy needs to get a little bit loose and get that first hit and get that first catch uh, to get on the right track. But it sounds like, and we all know too, let's be honest about the situation. Wide receivers have a history of being, quote unquote, you know, uh, a little bit, prima donna-ish, um, you know, it's it's a tough position to play. Think about it from their perspective. They could do everything right on every play. And if the quarterback doesn't look their way, they have a big fat zero to show for it, okay? Imagine going to your job and doing everything that you're supposed to do and maybe even winning every battle uh, and being better than the guys that are trying to defend you and still not having the numbers for it because – However, the, the game flowed or maybe the quarterback wasn't looking your way, whatever the case, you're not rewarded for that hard work. And that can frustrate somebody, uh, especially 
if the team's not winning, especially if the offense is struggling. Um, and even if it isn't, some guys just want their touches and are going to let it be known to everybody that can hear, including the coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback, it's time to get me the ball. That's sometimes how some wide receivers are wired. And if, for my money, it's what makes some of them so great, that willingness and that determination to want the ball uh, at all times. Now, it could get out of balance a little bit, and that can cause some issues uh, and throw it out of whack a little bit. And sometimes we've seen that over the years um, where it's just counterproductive. But to hear Devontae Adams, who's as good as it gets in this game presently right now, just say, hey, look, um, all the numbers will come. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be barking for the ball. I've already told Derek, don't feel like he's got to get me the ball. So looking at it from that perspective and understanding the place that he's coming from here, it just makes things so much easier because here's the other thing. And, you know, we've seen this in sports as well, typically in team oriented sports like basketball uh, and football, not so much in baseball because it's so much of an individual sport in a lot of ways. There's definitely teamwork and there's definitely, you know, you have to sacrifice sometimes uh, in baseball and be a good teammate and sometimes give yourself up or whatever the case might be. But it's a lot different in baseball than it is in football and basketball, where a dynamic force comes into the locker room, onto the field in basketball or football, and it can disrupt things a little bit, right? We've seen that. It takes a little while for things to come together when you have this great talent, this great player, uh, this dynamic force, all of a sudden come into your orbit and it changes things a little bit. And you have to approach it correctly from both sides, from Devante's side to the team's side. And I'm, I'm talking specifically about some of those other wide receivers and some of those other weapons, i.e. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards. Um, you know, uh, it's going to change their life a little bit, hopefully for the better, for the Raiders, from the Raiders' perspective. This should help everybody. But at the same time, if you're Devontae Adams, you kind of know, look, uh, I'm the new guy on the block. I might be Devontae Adams. I might be the best wide receiver in this game. Uh, but I can't just go in there, um, you know, throwing things around and making all kinds of demands and just being that kind of a guy. And it sure didn't sound like talking to him today that, that he's even thinking along those lines. But even if he was, um, it, and I don't think he is, I think he's aware enough to say, look, let me ease into this. Let me not be, um, you know, just just uh, carrying a heavy hammer and just start, you know, uh, being that type of a player. And I think that's really important because there's somebody on this team, and he wears number 83, uh, that for the last few years has been the driving force of this offense. You think about when Waller's been on the field compared to when he's not on the field, and we saw that this year, this past season, how um, much of a factor he really is when he wasn't in the game. Think about how the offense struggled. And now, granted, um, you know, uh, Henry Ruggs obviously wasn't there as well, so that was a double whammy loss, but you know, there were times even without Henry where the offense was still playing pretty good. It wasn't really until Waller also left that the whole thing, you know, really went into a tailspin and they kind of had to figure out a different way to go about it. But and, and that's because Darren Waller is such in his own way 
a dynamic force as well. So, um, you know, sometimes when you have two, two force fields uh, that are as dynamic as a Devontae Adams and a, and, a, uh, and, a, and a Darren Waller, there could be some friction that happens. You know, it, it, it might not, you know, um, come together as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's because the way guys are wired, their approach, whatever the case might be, uh, or their games aren't meshing. Um, it, it just, you, you could go down that road. I don't expect that to be the case with the Ra- Raiders. In fact, I think that this is going to work out pretty darn well um, because I, I like Devontae Adams' approach. And I got to, we, we have, I think we have a pretty good feeling and a pretty good idea of where Darren Waller is too, um, mentally uh, and, and in terms of being a teammate. So I think that he's going to, both guys have to give a little bit, I guess, um, and understand that, you know, like that's just how it has to be. But what's interesting about it is, and Darren and uh, Devontae Adams talked about this, it, it literally is a pick your poison. Okay. You know, when, when, when Henry Ruggs was here, he was a speed guy and he took um, attention away from Darren Waller and others because you had to account uh, for that speed. But even, at that point, or for him, teams could shade him a little bit. Teams could be aware of him a little bit. Uh, but you didn't necessarily have to just devote bodies to him in a way that you're going to have to devote bodies to Devontae Adams or vice versa, Darren Waller. And when you start like legitimately putting players on other players, like multiple players on other players, that opens the door up for everybody. And so it's going to be interesting to see on a week to week basis, on a series to series basis, who defenses decide to really focus on and devote bodies to, to open it up for somebody else. Um, and I think it's going to be a week to week thing. And I think it's going to make this offense pretty darn spectacular because you can't stop both those guys. Uh, that's for sure. You're in the huddle with Vinny Boston. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur Raider nation radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. It's been a great day here in Henderson the Raiders facility, speaking to Devontae Adams, getting kind of a vision of what he sees for this team and for himself and for Derek Carr. Uh, Man, I wish they could start training camp tomorrow, to be honest with you. Uh, But we got to wait a little bit before we can officially see it all out on the field. But as somebody who covers this team, I'm really fascinated to see what that looks like. And we've got a long countdown to it, but it's going to be fun. You're in the huddle. Talk to you in a minute. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation, I'm here. It's real. Um, I've been seeing some of the reactions. I saw some live reactions from a couple people, a couple local uh podcasts and stuff like that some video podcasts where people were reporting some Raider stuff and then I saw one of the guys saw it on there just seeing me and my buddy were watching it yesterday seeing that they probably think that that you know I would see it and not care but that stuff means a lot just just seeing how how people react to that type of stuff because um you know obviously I'm excited I know the team is excited but to see the the community and you know the rest of the world I was out golfing yesterday and there's some Raider fans on the course and they're just losing it like different than if it was Two weeks ago, I don't know. They see me, you know, for the Packers, and they're excited. But being back home, and you know, a lot of people in Cali are obviously Raider fans as well. So um, it's it's real. So I'm excited. I'm ready to get to work, and, and we're gonna do this thing. 
That's new wide receiver, Raiders wide receiver, Devontae Adams, talking today uh, at the practice facility, which is exactly where I am. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajado, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Um, and just kind of absorbing and digesting everything we heard from uh, Devontae Adams today. Today was a big day for the Raiders. Um, it was an extremely... Uh, monumental day in a lot of ways for this organization. And, you know, we've been around sports long enough, all of us. Um, you can, you you know, when something's big, you know what I'm saying? Like bringing in Devonte Adams um, is, is huge, obviously for this organization, but you heard how eloquently he talked and articulated himself. Um, and not just that, but uh, the place in his heart that he has for this organization and for the Raiders, um, you know, how does that not, not uh, resonate with Raider fans. Obviously, it resonates in a huge way. Our good friend Vic Tafer uh, tweeted earlier, one, um, can't imagine Raider fans wanted anything more from that press conference. He crushed it. I'm completely with uh, Vic on that. You couldn't, as a Raider fan, ask for anything more than what you just heard from Devontae Adams about what this all means to him and his approach to, you know, I don't want, you don't need to throw me the ball every time. I'm going to fit in. Um, you know, it, all those numbers are going to come. Uh, but looking at a Darren Waller and a Hunter Renfro and a Josh Jacobs, uh, this is going to be a powerful offense, and he wants to be part uh, of that offense. And I think that um, if you're a Raider fan, that's like music to your ears because it didn't just feel like he was playing the good guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt earnest it felt like this is something that he's going to follow through uh on and devon um if you can hear me uh, uh when somebody gets to this stage of their career and he's you know 29 years old so he's still an extremely young man he's got all the money now uh, that he's ever wanted he's checked that box off in terms of being the highest paid wide receiver and rightfully so and justifiably so and i know he's going to want to he's going to feel an obligation to want to live up to that contract no question about it but, Damon, I think he's going to go about it the right way in terms of fitting in and not trying to, um, you know, overpower this whole thing or, 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 you know, take too big of a bite out of it. I really think he wants to blend in. And it, it sounds to me like he also respects what's already in place. So that should be a seamless process. Oh, yeah. And without a doubt, when you say do it the right way, I think that he's just proven that he is the consummate professional. He isn't going to come in and maybe try to overpower or say, hey, I need this many touches a game because he's not that receiver. Now, obviously, for the team to succeed, Derek Carr is going to get the ball around. He had 426 completions last season. That's going to be enough for everyone to get their catches. So no one on the team should be worried about that when it comes to getting receptions. But I do think from what he gave off, he is a lead-by-example guy and not a rah-rah guy. Yeah, and um, I also think that it's healthy. Like, if he's out there playing and he's seeing something, um, I, I – he has the right, number one. And number two, if you're uh, the Raiders, you want him to be able to, you know, be forceful and, and you know, be a commanding presence and, and, and even be vocal uh, about it. And, but I don't even think he's going to do that in the right way, like in the right situations. I don't think it's just going to be gratuitous. Like he just, me, 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 I want the ball, I want the ball. Um, I, I don't get the feeling uh, that that's going to be the case uh, at all. And I think that's the perfect um, situation for the Raiders because when you do really take a good look at this offense now, 
with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Uh, they just brought in Marcus Robinson, uh, another uh, uh, you know speedy wide receiver that's going to get his touches. Uh, Brian Edwards, who's you know I think going to benefit uh, as well. It might not be look be in terms of the volume of catches that he gets, but I think he could be a really effective. Uh, in the balls that he does uh, get thrown to, to to him and Josh Jacobs, how all this opens up things for everybody. It's just such a dynamic looking offense right now. And it's, it's hard to imagine anybody that's going to be able to just flat out stop it. The Raiders were scoring 30 points a game two years ago, um, you know, with, with somebody that not even close, not even close to Devontae Adams' uh, skill level, um, you know, and nothing against Nelson Aguilar, but Nelson Aguilar has his place in football and Devontae Adams has his place, and there's a pretty wide uh, margin between those two players. Yet the Raiders were still able to average, you know, 30, 29 points a game uh, th- that season. I just feel like if you're an opponent trying to take something away, you're going to give something up as well. That hasn't always been the case. Last year we saw it again. When Darren Waller went out, and especially without you know um, uh, Henry Ruggs out there as well, it was pretty easy to defend the Raiders. They're, Hunter Renfro is a really good wide receiver, but he's not somebody that's just going to win games for you and be so dynamic that you can just funnel everything through him. He's going to be somebody that's going to also benefit big time um, and, and be the player that he's capable of being alongside some just dynamic forces in Darren Waller and, and uh, and Devontae Adams, but he's not the guy kind of a guy. Uh, and so it was easy to defend the Raiders, let's be honest with you. And I know people wanted to complain about Derek Carr. Well, his numbers took a dip in the second half. What's that all about? Well, look at who he was playing with at that point. You know, uh, a guy in Deshaun Jackson who had just showed up and, who, let's be honest, was kind of on a pitch count. If you pushed him a little bit too much, um, it was it was the, the returns – uh, weren't going to be good, and you know uh, the hamstrings were were an issue. Uh, Zay Jones is a good young player, but you know he's just to me a, a kind of a role player guy. He's not a guy that you funnel an entire offense through. The Raiders now have two players that you can legitimately say if they need to just game plan specifically for the offense to go through. Devontae Adams in this particular game because there's just a tremendous matchup uh, against whoever the opponent is. Or Darren Waller, you can't go wrong either way. And then you always have the other to fall back on or to turn to if if and when the opposing defenses make any kind of adjustment to really try to uh, eliminate whether it's Darren Waller or Devontae Adams. So you're just going to keep running into a situation where you take one thing away, it just really opens the door for another thing. And and let's just think about it. Let the, let this circle around in your mind. We're talking about Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. Damon, who has that level of uh, dynamic forces on their offense right now? Like that level. I mean, are you going to say Tariq Hill and... And Kelsey, is that equivalent, do you think? Oh, yeah, because Devontae Adams even said that in the introductory press conference. He mentioned the Chiefs like about the weapons that they also have because not only is it Tyreek Hill, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's Travis Kelsey, and also Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Do I think that as of right now, do I like the Raiders' weapons a little bit more? Yes, I do. But the AFC West is loaded, and you got to think about that division rival, the Chiefs, as they are right there along. But I can't think of too many other teams that can match the Raiders weapon for weapon. If you let's just I'll stay stay with me here. If you had to choose between Devontae Adams and Darren Waller or Kelsey and Tyreek, who you taking? Like if you you know just just your your two friends shooting the you know what that's a tough one because i do think that Devonte is the best wide receiver in the game but i haven't seen him play with darren waller as of right now i'm gonna go out on the ledge even though that they have proven it i am going to choose i'm going to choose Devonte adams and darren waller i would too if i you know if, if i'm just an offensive coordinator and you ask me that question i'm I'm going with Darren Waller and I'm going with uh with that that tandem because I just think it's just it's 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 like there's no weakness in that. You know what I'm saying? You've got speed, you've got athletic ability, you've got production after the ball, you've got a uh a guy in in, in Devontae Adams that can run every single route in the route tree and then some. Uh you've got somebody that is just a, we keep reiterating this but uh, hey I'm telling you guys, go watch the tape and watch his, the work that he does at the line of scrimmage. That he's he's the best in the league uh, at that, getting off the line of scrimmage. I when I look at Tyreek Hill and nothing, uh, Tyreek Hill is just spectacular. But I don't think he checks off all the boxes as a wide receiver, Devon that Devonte Adams does. Yeah, see, when you're comparing the duos, I do think that Adams has the edge over Tyreek Hill, but also Kelsey has the edge over Waller because Darren Waller, banged up he may have been last season, only had 55 catches. Travis Kelsey has never had a reception, a season of receptions that low. Yeah, so but I mean, it, he did miss, what, six games last year? Um, Waller, 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 I think, missed six games. And well, it goes to th- being healthy, Travis Kelsey's never missed that many games. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely understand, but I think what's what's in, and I, I I think the world of Travis Kelsey, but I also wonder. And when you think about Travis Kelsey, he's played his whole Chiefs career basically with Tyreek Hill, right? So um, he's he's been the benefit beneficiary of a spectacular player alongside him as well. So that's bound to help him a little bit. And I'm not taking anything away from him at all. I just think that if I, I, I think Darren Waller playing now alongside somebody that um, is as good as Devontae Adams, I'm wondering if we're going to, you know, see his game go to an even higher level, just in terms of being able to operate against some of the uh, some of the looks that he's going to, um, you know, be, be uh, confronted with defensively if he's going to be able to raise it up even more. Um, so I don't. I just. I just think. I just think that those because to me when I gosh when I think of Devontae Adams I'm thinking now of guys like Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Jamar Chase from the Bengals like we've seen the Raiders get torched by, and everybody else by just wide receivers that are just on another level right now and I I don't remember the last time maybe somebody um, can can jog my memory. I don't remember the last time the Raiders had that kind of a weapon at the wide receiver position, that kind of a complete player. Now, Devontae Adams talked about, you know, uh, Jimmy or Jerry Rice coming to the Raiders and Randy Moss coming to the Raiders. Um, Randy Moss, for whatever reason, 
seemed like he kind of checked out when he was here. Um, so, and he, and he was, you know, previously for a long time, you know, with another organization, Jerry, Jerry Rice, by the time he got to the Raiders was obviously at the tail end of his career, could still do it. Um, but, you know, he was at the, a, a different stage of his career. You're getting the Raiders a prime in the prime top one, two, three, you could put him anywhere and feel justified saying that wide receiver that does everything at the highest of high levels. I don't remember the last time the Raiders had that kind of a player at that position. And now you're pairing him again with Darren Waller, who's to me, he's different than Travis Kelsey. They're, they're two different kind of, kind of tight ends. Um, But I think he's, is and can be, I should say, they say can be every bit as effective as, as Travis Kelsey. Because the thing with Travis Kelsey, yes, he catches uh, pretty much everything you throw to him, but it's what he does after the catch. And a lot of times, um, you know, because there's other, there's so many other weapons on the Kansas City Chiefs, he has a little bit of room to operate, especially after the catch, um, because you can't just double team him all the time. And he's gonna get, he's gonna get single looks. Uh, and that's when he does uh, the, the bulk of his work. And when he catches it, he's so darn big that if it's just one guy on him, he can physically overpower that guy. I think Darren Waller can do that as well. When when Darren Waller is operating against single looks, that's basically you have to throw it to him. Um, you know, uh, when they're not bracketing him or they're not just out, outright double teaming him because he can go get it. He's lengthy. He's long. Um, he could jump out of the gym. Uh, he knows how to use his body to to fend defenders off. He's got great hands. Uh, but then when he gets the ball, especially in space, uh, it's off to the races. And I think he's going to get the ball in space um, where he's not just crowded by bodies more often this year than probably at any point in his career because, again, you have Devontae Adams. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, which duo turns out to be uh, the best duo in the NFL, but um, it's 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 when you look at this thing on paper, it's pretty darn spectacular. And as we talked to Rodney Pete yesterday, the world now changes for uh, Derek Carr. You know, I think that he's got somebody that he is has a deep connection. He already has a deep connection with Darren Waller. Um, we've seen that, uh, and now Devontae Adams, who literally his best friend in football, somebody that up until the last couple of years with the pandemic and where the Raiders moved, you know, for the Bay area to Las Vegas uh, up until that point, every off season for three months, Devonte Adams worked out with Derek Carr. So, and on top of the fact that they did spectacular things together in college. So these are two guys, this is a quarterback and wide receiver who have a level of knowledge of one another and a chemistry already intact. That's just really going to be kind of dusting it off a little bit. Um, you know, that's that's really what the challenge is going to be um, in terms of getting them on the same page, because there's really not much. You're talking about two veteran players uh, that understand the game backwards and forwards and every which way. And on top of that, have a uh, chemistry that's going to be that's if it's not second to none already, it will be second to none. Uh, and that's already been established with Darren Waller. So I just see this offense just being on next next level. Raider Mac is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mac? Hey, Raider Mac, how you doing, my friend? 
Good, good. Hey, um, I was going to tell you um, that uh, I'll take, I'll take, I would take um, Waller and Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is, is a is a game breaker. He to me he is the best receiver in the league. But Kelsey is an, on another page. Uh, Waller Waller is not there yet. He's almost there. But Kelsey, you got to give. I mean, you, you don't make excuses for for um, for um, um, Waller. Waller was hurt, and I agree with that. But the thing is, Kelsey is a uh, I came. It doesn't matter who he played with. It doesn't matter. He's that good. That guy. You got to give him credit. You can't. You can't tell. Say that he he got this and got that. The man turns up a thousand yards every season as a tight end. He does. Uh, but here's my thing. We we concentrate on the offense, but and uh, and there. I know you said Derek Carr can win us. You know he can win. This is a Super Bowl team without offense, but we got to get more pieces on defense. So, would you draft a linebacker, or are you going after a corner? Uh, probably at this point. Um, and and you, let's keep in mind the Raiders have a you know their their first pick will be in the third round. So, um, you know at that at that at that point in the draft. You're you're going to be lucky to be able to get somebody that's going to start right away. Now you know it, it's happened, so it's not like it can't happen. Um, but if you're talking about an immediate contributor, I think I think that uh, you know what in the third round, to me, to be honest with you, it's just best player available. It's just I I, I can't like I'm, I don't think they're going to be able to fill unless somebody just completely falls to them in a lucky sort of a way at what exactly they need um you know we'll see but i don't think you force it i don't think you force the issue there just to be able to fill a uh, a particular role now if you're asking me what do i think the the raiders uh, biggest weaknesses are right now or or areas that they have to that they have to fix i think we've talked about it um over and over and over again i think the offensive line something has to give with the offensive line um i think that they they have to address right tackle I think everyone seems to be on the same page that Alex Leatherwood is going to be the right guard. What do you do at right tackle? I know some people have been penciling in Jermaine Illuminar, um, and that's and that's fine. And maybe he does win the job, but I think that it's risky business going into the season, um, just penciling him in at that position. I think that you know Denzel Good has a history. We talked about this yesterday. He's played a whole bunch of snaps at right tackle and left tackle, for that matter, in his career. So there's some experience there uh, and a level of play that um, you know that that has has proven to be uh, adequate and, and and average. So maybe he's the right tackle. But man, it just it just seems that just such a glaring spot to me right now. Like every time I think of the Raiders. Uh, there's like this flashing light at right tackle that I think they have to uh, get get fixed. Cornerback, I think they're I think they're in a good position at cornerback um, only because uh, I think that they can comfortably go into the season with what they have uh, right now. And I say that because I also think that they should be able to create enough of a pass rush that it's going to make life a little bit easier uh, on that back end. So yeah, you're talking about some youngsters. Uh, back there, um, you know that they, that they, whether it's Trayvon Mullen um, or or uh, Rocky Asin now, uh, who figures to be the other starting uh, quarterback unless they go out and get somebody else, um, and and are they 
ripe bananas at this point. Um, you know, Derek Carr always likes to talk about, you know, are they green bananas or ripe bananas? Like, you can't just keep rolling guys out there that are green bananas. Are they ripe enough? You would think now for Trayvon Mullen and Yasing um, that that these guys are, are ready to take that next step. And if they are, that coupled with the pass rush that they have in front of them, I think the Raiders should be okay. I know everyone's clamoring for Stephon Gilmore. I think Stephon Gilmore has this, some decisions to make on where he wants to be and how much money he's willing uh, to play for. Obviously, whatever has been offered out there by whatever team, it isn't suitable to what Stephon Gilmore is looking for. I think, you know, at this stage in free agency, um, he's kind of behind a rock in a hard place. The big money, it's not out there anymore. Nobody has $16 million to give to a guy right now in, in, in free agency. So if he's looking for that, I think he's barking up the wrong tree. Um, I don't even know if $13 million uh, is out there for him right now. So he's going to have some decisions to make. And the longer this goes and, um, you know, the, as, as opportunities dry up and money starts getting diverted elsewhere by some teams that are showing interest in him, where is he going to go and what's he going to settle for? Now, he's at the stage of his career where he's made plenty of money. If it's not suitable to him, he might just say, I'm not going to come for anything less than what I feel like I'm deserve, that I deserve. And and he ha absolutely has that right. Uh, so everyone's still kind of connecting the Raiders to Stefan Gilmar. I don't know how serious it is at this point. I think it's more on him, um, you know, th than the Raiders. But my point is, if they go into this season right now with who they have on paper, I think they're okay. So that brings it right back to linebacker. I think that uh, linebacker is a position that, you know, uh, I, I think we're going to see some more additions. Um, but this, you know, those star players, I don't know if they're out there necessarily. I don't even know if you really need it. Uh, I think you build from the lines back. Uh, and if you could get enough of a uh, defensive line, especially on that pass rush, to make life easier for everybody behind you, um, I think they're going to be in okay position. But there's plenty of time still to bring in some guys that are going to help. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Well, it was a pleasant surprise because I found out um, kind of the same way you did. Um, I wish it would have been a little bit more of a, you know, official thing to where I could have at least, you know, let my family know and stuff like that. But, you know, it is what it is. It just kind of went with the punches. But um, it was really an idea up until it was done because, you know, it's, it's never easy to make that happen. You see it in the NBA all the time. Guys make it, make it happen, you know, get where they want to be, you know, any type of way they got to do it. But, um, you know, for us, it was something that we, you know, we obviously, it would it's crazy for the fans, you know, for Fresno State, crazy for the Raider fans, you know, all of California, um, and obviously the people that support us individually too. So um, something that we were definitely looking forward to potentially doing down the road. Um, but obviously me playing in Green Bay, great situation, having, you know, <laughs> greatest quarterback to play the game, you know, um, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a dream in itself. So... I'll never take anything away from, you know, anything Green Bay gave me or, you know, Aaron gave me. It was it was an amazing opportunity to to work over there and and do what I did for almost a decade. Um, but, you know, things change sometimes. It's not the first time that, a you know, an impactful player to organization had to leave. 
um, you know, and you know, I feel like it worked out for both sides ultimately. That's new wide receiver, Raiders wide receiver, uh, Devontae Adams, speaking today at the practice facility uh, here in Henderson, which is exactly where I am. A um, little bit late getting started uh, today. It was supposed to be 2 o'clock, um, but, uh, you know, things things happen. And then he had to go get changed uh, to look uh, as good as he ended up looking uh, for everybody uh, when the press conference finally started around 2.50 or so. Uh, it was definitely worth the wait. And by the way, uh, the Raiders made it official um, by with the signing of Demarcus Robinson. Uh, 97 career games, 41 starts, 145 receptions for 1,679 yards and 14 touchdowns uh, in 13 career postseason games. He has 14 catches for 220 yards and one touchdown. So another uh, proven player uh, in this league coming to the Raiders uh, at the wide receiver position. And when you think about, let's see, Demarcus Robinson, Devontae uh, uh, Adams, uh, um, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Mac that they signed for the Miami Dolphins, and let's throw Darren Waller in there. Uh, that's a pretty good crew, uh, and it and it's again kind of like the running back position. It's covering all bases. They have somebody that can do whatever it is that you need to get done at any given uh, particular time. Possession wide receivers, speed guys. Uh, precision, which is all around superstar in, in Devontae Adams, a slot guy in Hunter Renfro, who's as good as it gets, a big target in Brian Edwards, the ultimate Mr. Do-It-All um, in, in Darren Waller. It's it's really shaping up now as a very deep, very talented, very ve- uh, versatile wide receiver room. And as we sat here just one week ago, just one week ago, Devon Cotton, the wide receivers on the Raiders roster coming back were Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards. And then it was, you know, just guys that were undrafted free agents or, you know, guys that they had signed to, to one-year deals or brought in for it. Just to see it turn over Devon, or Devon from last week at this time to now, it's pretty dramatic. How do you think that Raider Nation is feeling right now? Oh, I know that Raider Nation is pumped up. I know that they're feeling the excitement. Like you said, you wish that training camp was starting tomorrow. I know some of Raider Nation, maybe one or two more signings, threw up the offensive line, another safety or corner, and they're ready for the season to start tomorrow because with the additions that the Raiders are made, people are ready to see this team play games. Yeah, and uh, they did make another um, defensive line signing, which we've been talking about that. Um, interior defensive line is an area that obviously they need to address. There, it doesn't look like they're, you know, bringing back Solomon Thomas. Quentin Jefferson went back to Seattle. Uh, Darius Phila and those guys that did a really good job here last year. But remember, it was in a system that it was Gus Bradley's system, um, so it's different. And uh, when you start looking at who the who the um, Raiders have brought in now in the interior of the defensive line, they kind of fit. A profile and you know in in vernon butler's case played last year with the uh with the with the uh buffalo bills it's a six foot four big huge guy um you know well or over 300 pounds with what patrick graham wants to do you need guys that can eat up space uh and be anchors in the inside it was it was one of those areas that you know after they had gotten chandler jones 
you had to look at that position and say, okay, what's going to happen there? Because they really only had, uh, they didn't have anybody on the roster who had played a snap for them last year in the interior of the defensive line. So we're starting to see Patrick Graham's influence here and, and, and this, this roster and this defense now kind of being built along um, the criteria that he's looking for at, at, at certain positions. So, you know, people kind of take that the wrong way, like, oh, well, but we weren't rebuilding. You're not rebuilding. You're tinkering, and you're it's just it's it's you're bringing in a new system defensively, and you're you're bringing in players that fit that that fit that mold um, at certain positions. But make no mistake, you know the, the the foundational pieces right now are Chandler Jones, who obviously was a was you know somebody that they brought in, but you also had Unique and Gakwe there. Had you not brought in uh, Chandler Jones, but so they sort of replace each other, but in a better form in Chandler Jones, foundational piece. Max Crosby is a foundational piece. I think Nate Hobbs is going to be a foundational piece. Um, you know, uh, Denzel Perryman, I think, is going to be. He's not a foundational piece, but he's more than fine um, at, at what they're going to ask their linebackers. I think Trevor Morig is a guy that the Raiders can comfortably go into the future with. Uh, I think Trayvon Mullen, when he's healthy. Um, he's shown that he can play at this league. He just needs to stay on the field. It's a huge season for him. Obviously, he's going in the last year of his contract. Uh, remember, he was a second-round pick, so it's a four-year deal for second-round picks. Um, you know, in terms of guys coming off the bench, you also have, you know, Clee Farrell, who I think would be interesting to see how he fits in in the whole uh, scheme of things. So it wasn't a rebuild. I think Devon Diablo is going to be a, a good young linebacker. Uh, Jonathan Abram. Uh, I think is going to be they'll they'll figure out a way uh, to put him in in good positions, and he's going to obviously have to take it from there and continue to move forward um, as he showed last year. Tyree Gillespie is somebody that I think um, is is on the come. I really like Malcolm Coots. So it wasn't really a rebuild, but every year from year to year, you're going to be tinkering, especially when you bring in uh, a new system and a new defensive coordinator. But um, I just I could hear people. You know, since let's say January, um, and especially especially after the Chargers did some made some of the moves that they made, and the Denver Broncos made some of the moves that they made, uh, people talking about the Raiders need to you know strip it down. They're not going to be able to compete. You know, so why even bother? Just go ahead and strip it down. Get a bunch of draft picks. You can't perpetually live in fear and live in that world. At some point. You know, you kind of have to take the bull by the horns and say, we've, we're, we're good. Now we want to be great. And how do we take that next step? And I think the Raiders under Dave Ziegler so far and Josh McDaniels are trying to take that step. They didn't feel the need to strip it down to then try to go get great. They're trying to take good to great. And when you talk about Devontae Adams and you talk about Chandler Jones, who was signed the day before, they traded for for Devontae Adams. That is taking good and trying to help make it great. That's the whole point of bringing in players like that, especially now with what was already going on here um, with the Raiders. You didn't need to just start all over. This was what we keep talking about. This was a team that went 10 and 7 last year. They came, they were a play away from pushing the eventual AFC champions to overtime. And who knows what could have happened in overtime. They made the playoffs last year, the Raiders did, with a team that 
you know, as 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 we watch them coming down the stretch, especially after certain things happen, um, it was it was obvious that they needed help in X, Y, and and, and Z. So, but they were still pretty. Good. They were good enough, even without X, Y, and Z, to go make the playoffs and win four straight games and win an epic ball game against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium to really, um, you know, just just put themselves in a in a much better place and in a much better direction. They just needed to improve around that, around what they had already built. There was no need to strip it down, trade the quarterback, trade this guy, bring in a bunch of draft picks. It's you know. In some ways, that's a safe world to always want to live in. It's just a safe world because you could always say that, oh, you know, we're rebuilding, we're 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 retooling, we're gonna, um, it's it, it's it's gonna, this one's gonna work out. We're gonna, you know, it's it's just a kind of a safe little place to be in, and that's not how you do it. That's not how the world operates. That's not how sports operate. At some point, you have to be bold. At some point, you have to have the you-know-whats to say, okay, here we are right now. What do we need to do to take it to that next level and be creative and be bold and be ambitious uh, and not just settle for the, oh, oh, you know, let's, let's it, it'll be fine. You know, we'll we'll take, look at what the Chargers did. Look at what the Denver, it's not our time. Let's just take a step back and, and take two steps back to try to, uh, make sure that in four years we're going to be okay. There was, listen, I've always defended John Gruden for the approach that he took in 2018 because I think that it was needed. I don't think that when you looked at that roster that he inherited, it was too much. There were too many holes uh, across the board that needed to be uh, addressed. I remember sitting, talking to him one day over lunch, and he's like, you know, and he was kind of recounting, all right, we went and got our running back. We went and got our kicker. We went and got our tight end. We went and got our left tackle. Uh, we went and got our cornerback. We went and got, you know, and so he was like kind of from 2018 to just a few months ago, basically. Uh, this is what we were able to do. This is who we were able to get. He was talking about the foundation that they had created. Obviously, there were some swings and they went and got their speed guy. He was talking about rugs. Um, you know, the, we haven't got our slot wide receiver. Uh, so the, he, he was he was articulating a football team that was being built. It wasn't all the way there by any stretch of the imagination. Got our pass rusher uh, in Max Crosby, you know. Um, but that wasn't, none of that was in place in 2018. There were a couple of star players, obviously you had Derek Carr, and a couple of star players and Amari Cooper and um, Khalil Mack. But otherwise, it was players that you needed to move on from and get better on, you know, uh, that's what was that they were facing in 2018. So, the, Vinny, so but the plan down. there, you can say that the plan was in place, but the execution was terrible. You, I mean, you can, you can, part of the execution was terrible. You know what I'm more saying? Than like, part, a lot more, more, there was more bad than good in the moves that he made. Um, okay. Uh, let's, you want to count it up? Darren Not Waller. Good. Uh, keeping Derek Carr. Good. I don't think he was going anywhere. Josh Jacobs. A lot of people thought he was going to get traded. Good. Um, uh, Hunter Renfro. Good. The fact that you had to do the ums, that's letting you Max Crosby. Good. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Carlson. Good. AJ Cole. Good. Okay, and then, you know, 
when I had this conversation, it was during training camp last year. So Unique and Gakwe would turn out to be good. He ends up going to get, you know, that that that, that was a good pick too. So there was there was what I'm saying was I obviously there were misses, huge misses. And I'm not and I'm not absolving them of anything. They they those were huge misses. Um, I think Henry Ruggs was going to be a, a win without question, but obviously we know what happened in that situation. Um, Trayvon Mullen, I think, is a is a is a, is a good solid cornerback, so that wasn't a loss. I'm not I'm not going to put that on the uh, on on the bad. Clee Farrell was bad. Henry Ruggs, as it turned out, was bad. Damon Arnett was bad. Um, Jonathan Abram, where are you on on Jonathan Abram? Bad or just I mean, it's so far most- bad. And then you um, there was another. That you said, hey, you're on the fence with Mullen. He hasn't been able to stay healthy for two seasons. We're going to put that in the bad category. I don't know if he's bad, to be honest with you. And it's not two seasons. Okay, he, may- was, he played. He played a lot in 2020. He played. He he missed a couple of games, but okay. He so was maybe good. so if we're just we it just was, pick one. Neither good. No, neither. nope. It's got to be bad. No, no straddling. No straddling the fence. I'm not. I'll say that he's good then. I, I don't think that he's bad. He, when he, you know, I'm not because he went through a bad, uh, a hurt season last year. Oh, by the way, Colton Miller too. It was was definitely a uh, a, a good. That was a good. That goes into the good. So, um, you know. Well, uh, I just my point. Is, well, the the thing that I'm trying to get at is you, you said, can say that they, maybe the Gruden era. They maybe they took a couple of good steps. They laid a foundation. But with this That's new what with That's this new regime is done is blown them out of the water and whatever they tried to create in three years. But also, they're coming. They're they're, they're the, the starting point is much further too. That's and 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 I give them credit for understanding where a lot of people didn't. That's my point, Demond. A lot of people were like, oh, just strip it down. They're never – why? This was a 10-7 and 7 team that just needed to now get better around that 10-7 uh, that, that and 7 team. Yes, they have made – and obviously it still has to come to fruition on the football field. Um, but, but the starting point is better today than it was when John Gruden got here. And I give John Gruden a, a credit – for getting it, I mean, it should have been further along. There's no question that it should have been further along, uh, but it wasn't. But it still did get pushed forward enough to now where Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have a much better, much more full cupboard to work with to now go and make bigger moves to to support to support that. Otherwise, they would have just it would have been a situation where they got here, they looked at the roster and said, okay. Um, we're not anywhere close. So there's no need to go get Devontae Adams to put on a bad team. There's no need to get Chandler Jones to put on a bad team. You go out and make those types of investments, especially giving away the picks that they did to get Devontae Adams, and especially the kind of money that they paid to Chandler Jones. You you go and make those moves when you have something in place. You're, you're bringing them to an already pretty good football team to try to make it great. But I'm with you. He definitely there were there were definitely misses. It's not it's why they weren't great by this point, but they did get to good, and there's something to be said for that. Now I think the key is is turning good to great, which on paper at two positions, and I think they've really you know helped themselves at cornerback. I like what they've done at running back. Um, preface all of this by saying it's still just on paper, so it all has to kind of come to fruition. Um, it's 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 much further along now, and that I was always an advocate of that. I was never a strip it down, trade 
Derek Carr for a bunch of picks, uh, you know, build for the future because there's no way that they're going to be able to. This is like last week at this time. People were already to to strip it down last week because they were seeing all these moves that other teams were making uh, and starting to get a little bit too worried. But that wasn't part of the plan. And I give Josh McDaniels and Dave, Kriegler, Dave Ziegler a lot of credit for that because they've seen they know what they have and they've gone out and really really supported that with some dynamic players and some good young players you're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday interact with the show text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. this is in the huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM being teammates for First time in nine years. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's fireworks, but you know, we gonna we gonna do whatever it takes to to get some wins, man. That's that's what's most important. Um, the numbers are gonna come, you know, in the in in the touchdowns and all that. I think we've established that we know what we're doing, um, you know, a, apart from each other. Let alone when we get together. So we both excited and, and ready to get to work. Derek's been bothering me to throw every day. I'm like, look, man, I got to sign. I got to do all this stuff. Get some of the the logistics taken care of. Make sure my wife not in too much pain. Um, but yeah, we already ready to get to work and, and start building on that connection that we built uh, over a decade ago. That's Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams. Man, it's still pretty uh, surreal to uh, say those words um, out loud and have them be real. <laughs> Devontae Adams is uh, now with the with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, as one of the great young wide receivers in this game. By the way, another Raiders signing, Kyler. Uh, Peco, uh, 6'1", 300-pound defensive tackle. We keep talking about uh, the defensive linemen that they're bringing in. They're definitely getting to work um, at that area. Last year played for the Tennessee Titans. Eight games, three starts, two sacks, ten tackles. Both of those were career highs. Um, he's got 23 tackles over a six-year career or five-year career um, to go along with those two uh, sacks. By the way, DeMond Cotton, quick question for you. Um Raiders signed, remember, uh, they, they signed uh, uh, Kyler uh, Fackrell yesterday, the outside linebacker. The year that he played in the Green Bay Packers, I don't know if DeMond can hear me, um, he had 10 sack, ten and a half sacks, his career high. You know who his position coach was? No, I do not. Patrick Graham. <laughs> Patrick Graham, the new Raiders defensive coordinator. I, I don't know why this didn't dawn on me, because I know Patrick uh, coached in Green Bay, but I just wasn't you know, uh, thinking along those those terms. Yes, when Patrick Graham was with the Green Bay Packers in 2018, he coached a young guy by the name of uh, Kyle Frackwell, Frackrell. And that's the year that Kyler had 10 and a half sacks. So obviously uh, something that uh, Patrick Graham was doing with him uh, really unleashed him. And and so here they are reunited. I like when I see those types of signings because you know that Patrick Graham has some history with him. And let's be honest, when when uh, when he's on the field, he can get to the quarterback. He's got 23.5 sacks in 86 games. That's not too bad. Uh, it's not too shabby whatsoever. So, uh, you know, again, and we've been talking about this since Josh McDaniels and since Patrick Graham. Uh, were hired and since this staff was put together one of the earmarks of what these coaches the system that these coaches have learned under uh, and been you know uh, nurtured by is a system that is literally predicated on and they go out of their way to do this more than 
other teams. I have to say that. That's just being straight up and honest about it. When you look at the New England Patriots, it's it's the sum of the parts. Yes, they had a great quarterback in Tom Brady, and yes, they've had star players. No, no question about it. But they've always been a sum of the parts type of an organization where they use every single tool, every single tool in the toolbox. And by tools, I mean players, um, systems, schemes, uh, running game, power game, spread it out and throw it. Uh, and they find players that can do certain things well, and they get them in situations to take advantage of what they do well. Um, it's just something that they are known for. And Kyler Fackrell uh, uh, can get to the quarterback. He's shown that he can get to the quarterback. And lo and behold, the year that he got to the quarterback most, 10 and a half sacks in 2018 with the Green Bay Packers, there was a guy by the name of Patrick Graham coaching the linebackers that year. So I like that connection. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, defer to Patrick Graham here. He knows what he's getting. Uh, in, in Kyler. And that's not to say that he's going to play a lot. It's, it's putting him in positions when he is playing to get something out of him. And uh, I, I really can't wait to see what it looks like in OTAs and, and in training camp, what the plan is for all these guys, especially defensively, um, and how their this staff is going to get the most out of these players and put these players in position to get as much as they can out of what they bring to the table. And in his case, it's getting to the quarterback. I want to say thanks to um, Devon Cotton for uh, navigating us through some choppy waters there uh, to start off with. Uh, I want to say thanks to, to Q. What a great interview uh, with Devontae Adams to, uh, you know, uh, at, the, at the tail end of Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, went a little overtime uh, into In the Huddle, which we're all cool with because it was for a great reason to hear Devontae. For the first time on Raider Nation Radio, uh, kudos to, to Q uh, for, for doing a great interview there. Um, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm sure at the rate things are going, we'll be talking about some uh, some new players that the Raiders are bringing in. It seems to be uh, something that they're doing on a daily basis right now. It's that time of year. I um, want to say thanks to uh, everybody, all our listeners. You're why we do this. I uh, can't wait to get back at it tomorrow in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila and Vodka, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.